Did everybody hear that? Yep. Si, senor. Cool. Okay, let's get straight into it. Kiora, and welcome to the Machinist Therapy Hotline. Believe it or not, it has been a wee while because uh, the four of us have been away on Easter Island, uh, tending the needs of turtles that have been injured. Um, or we've just been a bit lazy and incapacitated in some description. Anyway, I want to introduce the team. Tony Klosser. Hey, hey, how's it going, folks? Been a long time. Hope we can fill your ears with magical joy. <laughs> Danny Rudolph. What's up, fellas? Wide awake here. Brilliant. And Shane Paul. How's it going? <laughs> I'm not really sure what's going on there at all. Where was the where was the regular yo yo yo? You weren't there, bro. Yo yo. There I'm over here trying to figure out how I can hear myself. I don't want to talk too loud because the kids are gonna go to bed soon. And oh. I'm hiding here in the bedroom. Oh, oh. you sound perfect right now. You do sound perfect. And let's get on with the podcast, shall we? And me, Jody Tuckwell, here, Machinist Therapy Hotline. So Let's get on with the podcast. Yeah. Bring it. Hey, I was going to start, I was going to kick this off and go, hey, why don't we talk about the year that was? But you know what? Fuck that. Let's talk about what's coming. Let's talk about things that are happening in the future. You know, a lot of people, they start off the year with like going, oh, I'd like to talk about all these great little things that happened and, and there'll be these other stuff. I think we should just, let's just, let's just buck the trends. Let's just talk about have, other, go on in, Tony. I have a, I have a, I have a question and I am, I'm hearing what you're putting down there, bro. Okay. But I can't really remember when the last podcast was. And I know there's a lot of shit that's happened to all of us since the last podcast so maybe there's some stuff we should talk about maybe not but i mean i really mm. can't recall what was the last thing we did did anybody research it because i fucked off and i didn't research it eyes i'm not forward, sure i baby. think eyes forward <laughs> you know what someone says to me he said you should look in the windscreen not the rearview mirror yeah there you go <laughs> but i'm happy to look in the rearview mirror for a little bit if we want to talk about some cool stuff that's definitely happened since the last time we recorded which could have been i don't fucking know maybe it was a july I don't know either, man. I think it was August. Oh my God, so much has happened since then. I get get messages all the time. Where are you guys? When are you going to do another one? Well, Sandra, funny, because Sandra today, we were were in the truck driving to go get some uh, goat food. And she said, oh, she goes, it was really cool when um, Tony put up that post is asking, you know, do should we be doing another podcast? And she goes, I was really impressed with all of the comments that came on Tony's posts. And I went, yeah, me too. She goes, I even laughed when I saw the one dude that said, oh, you should definitely get Jody's wife back on with no clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what she said? She goes, hey, she goes, if that means you'll get more listeners, I'm, I'm in. There was a lot of feedback on that, surprisingly. Yeah. And, and look, I, well, we're not going to apologize for not doing the podcast. It's, we're all busy people. We try to do this right. just out of fun. You know, of course, we'd like to do it more regularly. It, it is what it is. So we'll, I, I we'll, 
we'll record when we can record and if everybody still wants to listen great because most of the time it's us rambling really but i think there's some good content in there as well yeah it just proves that we all have lives and we're all taking care of business and we're all trying to take care of family and and machining and everything else and it's like if we didn't have nothing else to do with our fucking lives we'd make a podcast every every week <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're not like that uh, is there anyone in particular that you're thinking of no i don't think that are <laughs> good <laughs> i'm just shitting you <laughs> You know, so, we, I don't think we have talked since last, no, IMTS. I mean, we all missed that, but I had some feedback from some friends and said, yeah, it's, you know, booming, but I don't know if it was booming like when we were there booming, but did you guys get any feedback? I mean, what was your friend saying about IMTS? Was it worth going or not worth going? I mean, when I heard Sandvik wasn't going, I said, fucking shit the bed. I ain't going to spend the money on an airplane to go over there and see half-ass show. Yeah. Well, I, 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 the feedback I got was that it was, it was a different show, you know, in terms of, I don't know, not the same, I don't know, big gusto sort of stuff. It was a bit more sedate, but yet maybe that gave people more opportunity to discuss a bit more things with people. I, maybe. I, I don't know, man. I feel you like without... Remember, you still remember the first time that we met... In the Sandvik booth, and you grab that big old fucking silent bar, off. Yeah, we got B crabs to take our fucking picture. You hold it like a big old donkey dick, and he's like, "What am I doing?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. That was awesome. And I go, "This that's is about Jody. par for the course." <laughs> uh, I tell you, the um, will 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 um, IMTS, you know, ever be the show it was? Again? I don't Do you know. Think? I don't know. Do I don't think so. What's what's your take on it, Dan? I, I've never been, so it will be for oh, me if I go. What the fuck, Chuck? Man, what a what a chump! Why why not? <laughs> <laughs> why? I heard that it, I heard that it probably won't. I, you know, you used to get all these people that came over from all different countries and presented their stuff, whether it was good or bad, but. That's the, that's the thing. I mean, you couldn't see it, Jody. We couldn't see it in two days or, you know, you need at least three days. And by then you're fucking so beat. You just didn't really want to see anything else anymore. But that was the cool part about it. I just, I don't know. I think in my mind, I think probably 2018, well, what it did break records was probably one of the best of the best. The pinnacle. I can't. Yeah, I don't, can't remember if you were there or your face was there. Was it your face? I think my face was there. I couldn't yeah, cover you were, it. You went to Sandvik. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, maybe maybe it was a good thing to have a change up with what it was, you know? Because it's one of those... It's when This is from somebody that does not live in the United States, you know? Right. It's kind of interesting because it's called you know, an international manufacturing technology show. And yet when you go there and say, oh, I'm from New Zealand, they're like, oh, okay, that's not America. Well, we're probably not going to sell you anything. So uh, they're less likely to spend as much time with somebody from New Zealand than they would do if it was one of you three guys in terms of talking to somebody about a product. That was the thing. Of, I've been to a lot of trade shows and you are correct. First thing is, if your badge says owner or partner or CEO or whatever, 
everybody stops what they're doing. They want to fucking talk to you. If it says janitor, like, hey, hey, have a nice show. Just, and it kind of ushers <laughs> you along. And it's like, I mean, I've done that once at a, a local show just for fun, you know, janitor. And uh, that's all those guys do is read what's on your badge. And you're right. So therefore, yeah. if you're not from the United States and like, well, whatever, this is going to be a, a waste of time. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's key what you're saying about how these guys first interact with you and then how much they're going to talk with you. I, I believe you're correct. It, which is, which is interesting because like I said, it's an international show, right? And whether that just yeah. means that it's, you know, the, the suppliers are international or whether the participants are international, you're going to have a mix of people. But when you're, yeah. when you're walking through the show, there's like I say, when you're from New Zealand, there's two things. One, it's almost like having a, like a VIP status in some regards. They go, oh, you're from New Zealand, and they just want to talk about New Zealand. You go, well, I'd like to really talk about this machine or this chuck or whatever, you know. Or the second part is when you do start talking to somebody and then they see that you're from New Zealand, that you can see the cogs going, right, how is this conversation going to lead to a sale of what our product is? But the reality is they're probably more likely to get a sale from somebody like me because... We have fucking nothing in New Zealand. So, you know, it, literally everything that we buy is international. Like, it's, it's it, everything is imported in some way or form. And, you know, there's quite a lot of American companies that I use as suppliers because they've got a good product. Uh, I still get a good lead time, even though it takes sometimes three to four weeks for something to get here. But when there's nothing else here, I've got no other choice. So if you if you if you are a supplier a, a visit sorry that is attending IMTS like work you know in the next two years be mindful of some of the international people because especially people like myself where we don't have access to the same stuff that you guys do that you know I can't just walk down the road and see um, Alfred and go hey I'd like to uh, make this cutter for me uh, you know those supply chains are actually pretty pretty important as well from an international perspective. So that was my rant. Sorry. True. <laughs> well, you boomer, you know, you're not saying much, man. You're just thinking. Oh, I, I've I've been trying to, but I keep getting talked over. So I I was gonna say, I'd imagine half of the people are trying to wonder if they even have any sort of sales or inroads into New Zealand. What do you mean? <laughs> As far as like salespeople at the show, no, you actually have to use an airplane, I think. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I wonder if half of them are like, do we even, can we even sell down there? Do we have a distributor down there? Do we have a rep down there? Like, true. But, but I mean, in this day and age where you can literally, literally buy anything online, right? You know, and it can be yeah. delivered to your door. To still have that sort of mentality, I think would is crazy. You know, no matter yeah. what it is. You... Yeah, I don't know. The sales game's kind of weird. A lot of the guys are very territorial about their stuff. We we had an issue with um, getting some certain tools where one distributor was in a pissing match <laughs> yeah. with the other distributor on who 
who had the rights to sell to us or whatever and it was right. like a weird thing so i can imagine there. internationally it's probably a little complicated too you'd think it'd be the other way wouldn't you that you know if there was uh, a district like let's just say you got one product in the united states and yet there are 20 distributors in theory any one of those 20 distributors could sell me that one product it's just sort of yeah. first in first serve yeah yeah i mean from Boomers. from my point of view i could see how like they might not want to figure out how to sell to you like the paperwork mm. and for one chuck or whatever it's like eh, whatever not true that it does get it gets super touchy though i mean when i first started my business <clears throat> i was making the same part that i was making for the company that i worked down in santa rosa and so i made this you know relationship with this guy from george from gibson tool in Carson City, Nevada, and we're buying PH1 from him. And so that when I moved up to my shop and did my own, I reached out to George and George said, sure, I'll hook you up. And so then a local guy came in and said, where are you getting your PH1 from? And I said, from George from Carson City, Nevada. He's like, well, he can't sell you that. I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, you're not in his territory. I'm like, well, fuck, he's been delivering it to me. He's like, well, it's not the way it's supposed to be. And I was like, well, I mean, we had a relationship and I'm not sure who the fuck you are, whether the prices are even going to be the same. But I mean, what Shane is saying is exactly right. They get touchy. I don't know what the rules are, but if you have a relationship with a guy that you use and that you like and he can sell you stuff, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure somewhere somebody could break it down. It's like, no, you're not supposed to be buying that shit from Nevada and bringing it into California. I don't know. <laughs> It's hard because you, you're right because you might actually have, you know, you, you make a connection with somebody that you know has got a good technical head. They can give you the right level of support, but yet just because they're not in their sales area means that they then can't sell it also means that you might be less likely to then buy that product because it's not well supported. True. You know, and way back when I started my shop it, and things were obviously different when I had my ex-business partner, Neil, paying all the bills. I just bought everything that I fucking wanted and I needed. And so at the time, a Sandvik CNMG 433 2025MR was like 693. I'm like, well, that's pretty good. You, you get four corners and then it goes up a little bit, goes up a little bit. Yesterday, I clicked on one on MSC because I needed some overnight because my guy came up to me and says, we don't have any more of these. I'm like, oh, fuck. $20.25 for a fucking CNMG. I go, you've wow. got to be fucking kidding me. That'll yeah, be though, because start... you, you're, 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 um, the person or the company where you're currently buying your Sandvik stuff, they'll have you on some tiered discount rate, right? You'd, you'd be like a tier two or whatever it is, you know, yeah, and then MSC is I... like RRP. That's, you're just, you're yeah. just paying what it is. It is it's like, it's like emergency backup. Yeah, yeah, it is emergency backup. But it's like I go to my local guy. I said, "Hey, uh, DGI," and I'm like, "Hey, look, you know, we've had I had a contract with the first sales guy and a contract with the second sales guy, and now all of a sudden I'm seeing your prices go up too." And like, yeah, we're working on that. Sandvik's just doing what they want to do. They didn't even tell us. They just raised everything. And I'm like, hmm. You know. It, it, now that me and Katie are running the whole show by ourselves and I'm watching everything, it's like, fuck, you know, every time I order a part off insert, it's gone up. And my, you know, I love fucking Hankster for Zoil, but holy shit, 
it's gone up a shit ton too. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's like, and I ask, and it's like, oh, you know, it's the way it is right now. It's inflation. Everything's up. And I, I don't know if, if big companies are using that just because everybody can use it or if it's really costing that much. But I mean, I used to get one drum shipped from Livermore up to my shop. It was 75 bucks on a pallet. And now it's up to 150 bucks a pallet. Whoa. So it'd be stupid for me to order one drum. I'll put as many pallets as I can on that. I'm putting drums on that pallet as I can. I'll at least get two or maybe three. But I'm yeah. just like, fuck, every time you think you're going to make a little bit of money, and then all of a sudden everybody's just skyrocketing the shit. Only thing I've seen come back down a little bit is the price of material. But then you have the problem of getting material. Aluminum seems to be easy to get right now, but as Danny would know, fucking stainless steel screw machine stock. I had some on orders this last July, and I might see it in February. Yeah, yeah a couple of those having... sizes came came back, but a couple are, especially the smaller stuff's like impossible to get. Yeah, I don't know what they're blaming that on. I mean, I know we went through what we went through last year with the, you know, problem with Swiss steel over there. But I mean, how long is the backlog to get things flowing again? And I don't know. Every time I run into this shit, I go, "Oh, they must be working from home in their pajamas." <laughs> <laughs> I tell you now, though the the one thing there'll be there'll be definitely companies that they're taking this as a great opportunity to raise prices because you know yeah, if, if 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 everything's going up, put a put your prices up because everybody then just goes oh well it is what it is you know they just that's that's the excuse it is what it is not everybody a but, lot of people do but when I try to pass the buck on to my customer yeah whoa 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 you're supposed to be doing yearly cost reduction. <laughs> so you could say well look it you could go the other way and go well the costs have risen by 10 percent, but i'm only going to raise yours by six percent so i've saved you four <laughs> percent that's true even yeah. my rent goes up every year i mean it's on the contract it's going to go up the same amount every year plus the deposit i'm like that's a good point jody i should probably present them to like that yeah, see I how that works. I'm basically, I'm saving them money. Yeah, I would say, it looks like your prices are going up, but actually they've gone down. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would work. That's the kind of so thing I, I'm sure... If I, had your, if I had your accent, it might work. I don't think they're going to buy it from me or Hank, though. Ah, uh, true. Yeah, man. True. If if Hank goes in there with his attitude, whew, I reckon yeah. you're going to be in trouble. Probably. <laughs> And and how is business going, Dan? You got a lot of work still on your books. <clears throat> yeah, we're busy. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have stuff out through June at this point. And you're wow. still waiting for another machine? Is that what I heard yeah. you say? Yeah. Wow. Where are you gonna put that one? I don't know. <laughs> the air compressor room. <laughs> how is yeah, the new thought... air compressor though? By the way, that looks badass. Yeah, that thing's awesome. Yeah, we love it. Really? I saw that uh, yeah. actually um, Albert got one of those delivered. His was not tied in a truck and it was kind of like slamming from side to side. It looked like he took a picture of it. Yeah, I'm assuming he didn't little... take that off the truck, did he? I don't know. I'm hearing that those are good compressors, though. Yeah, it's, it's quiet, runs, does good. So <laughs> it. It's quiet and it runs. Oh, man, it's ticking every box. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you got so much to say, Danny. Hey, can you stop talking, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's quiet and it runs. It's just, uh, yeah. yeah, man, well, he's burning my how, ears. 
How's the price compared to Kaiser? Uh, it was. Let me think here. I think it was like half of what the Kaiser competitor was. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It was like that's big. A no-brainer. And this is American-made, right? Uh, it's the compressor is Belgian. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, it it looks good. It looks it looks like the same kind of build style as as the German Kaiser. There's not not a whole lot of difference there. What? Why did you switch to that brand? Um, the, we, we wanted to get a bigger compressor. So we went from like, we had two seven and a halfs and a five horsepower. And then we went, we wanted to get a 20. So we spec'd out the Kaiser 20, uh, variable speed, um, because sometimes our demand is changing a lot and they were like, yeah, you don't really want to get a variable speed. Like everyone was talking us out of it. And, um, which kind of like didn't instill confidence because that's what we wanted. Mm. Um, and then we, we had the Atlas Copco guys in and they were like, yeah, this thing will, this thing will do good for you and we can get it here. I think it only took a couple weeks. Kaiser was like, at the time, Kaiser was like six months, I think. And then like twice the price, six months. And then we would have had to get a, a step-up transformer to go to, from 208 to 480. And we're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And the the uh, Atlas Copco had that built in, so it just took I didn't even, wait. I didn't even know there was until like last year something called a variable speed compressor. Until one of the guys asked me, one of my a colleague here in town says, "Well, what kind of?" Well, actually, I hit you up first before I bought my Kaiser, and then I hit these guys up too because I knew what they had, and they had a couple, but they also bought a variable speed. And he asked me what I was going to buy, and I go, "What the fuck is a variable speed?" He goes, "Well, it only runs as hard as." You're going to run. There's no reason to pump all that hard air if you're not even actually using it. I'm like, he goes, but they are kind of pricey. And so, yeah, when I looked into that, I was like, no, that's not for me yet. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was a big difference. Yeah. Um, and they're, well, they, they were like talking about like the drive, like if you don't run it hard enough, the drive isn't going to hold up or whatever. I was like, well, like, all of our CNCs have drives in them, so I don't know what the difference is. But yeah, it just like the the cool thing is it holds. We set it for 125, and it's like 123 to 127, and it just kind of fluctuates in between there. Whereas the Kaisers, we set them like a wide range, so they can like come on at different times, and so our air pressure will be dropping down to like 90, and then up to 125, and then down to 90, and then whereas the the Copco is just holds it at 125 all day and if we use more air it just makes more air wow cool so are you, are you still using all the air compressors together or are you just running that one so now? we we run the we run the new the variable speed during the day and then when we um if i just have a couple of machines running overnight like the uh the robo drill with the robot we'll we'll kick one of the casers on and then mm. shut shut the uh copco down and then we still have all three Kazers, but we'll we'll switch between them and kind of run them out a little bit each night. That's kind of what I do on the weekend too. I run the Kazer during the week, and then on the weekend I run my old Chicago pneumatic just to give it a break and make sure it still functions properly. Yeah, yeah, it's working pretty good. Cool. And I saw. Did you get another UR robot the other day as well? 
Yeah, yeah, we got a UR3. Um, we have a, a little inspection cell I'm putting together. So we got a, a, a new Cognex camera that can supposedly um, pick out defects on parts. Just, just oh, wow. uh, you feed it images of the defects and then it kind of does some machine learning and then it'll it'll make its own determinations on future parts. So we're trying that out. I didn't get a whole lot of time to work on that yet, but that robot will feed the camera parts to look at. Wow. What kind of defects are you talking about? Yeah. Like defects. And what's the resolution on it? Like, cause you make parts that you can't even see. Yeah. So, so we had, I think we had to get the, like the, the, the biggest sensor one. I think it was a eight megapixel, I think something like that, but it's, it's like the biggest one they make. Um, and the part we're doing is like, uh, 16 millimeters long and like four millimeters diameter. So we're trying to get the whole thing in the view. So we have it, we have like a lens that uh, focuses just on the part itself. And then we're looking for like any nicks or dents or um, burrs on a thread or um, any like chips wrapped around the part. And then they, they did a demo for us and and we gave them some samples that had defects and they fit it into the camera and, and then they we gave them a couple more parts and then they looked at them and like it, it picked it up. So it should be pretty promising. That's We're kind of amazing. Like, does it does it turn yeah. does it turn the part? Like I mean, how does it is it the, like a the camera look? doesn't, but it uh the robot's gonna set the part on just like a little turntable and then it'll the turntable will be spinning at like a pretty slow speed, but then we'll just start taking pictures. And then for like maybe a second or two, and then we'll get maybe five, six pictures. And then the camera will tell the robot, you know, pick it up. And then if it's bad, it'll move it to the scrap. And if it's good, it'll put it in the good pile. Cool. So, wow. yeah, that is actually fucking cool, man. I'd love to see that going. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I <gotta build> it. <laughs> And how's, it, your, how's your big boy robots going, Jody? Pretty good. Yeah, I've got um, I've got another two coming. So I've got a, whoa, I've got a another R two thousand coming. Uh that should arrive this month. We won't install it straight away because I've still got to move all of the uh, machines out of the old shop into the new shop yet. So there's still quite a lot of stuff to fuck around with. Um, but we've also ordered a. a quite a big robot which is um the m900 ib which is a got a 700 kilo capacity so that's about 1500 pounds you can pick up so that's a real big sucker and the idea is i want to put it in front of the lu45 so and all of the work that we're currently doing that it's got two ops we want to start setting up all the work holding so we can do like true turnaround jobs but use the robot for accuracy so that that'll be a really good project but that's that the reality is that you know that's that, that's going to take probably half a year to really you know get it to work as i intend so you i, I mean i've seen pictures of you running around doing dances in the new building with the beautiful floor it looks amazing so you're telling me that you're going to take some equipment out of the old building and move it into there. I was under the impression that you were going to fill that full of like new stuff, but I never asked. So I really didn't know what the fuck was going on, but why would you vacate the old building and go into the new building? So the old building is 
grungy as it's you know the floors are fucked the, the, the there's much you know it's it's far more limited space so we've got at the moment we've got an older shop then a newer shop and then the really new the new shop so where all the ntx's and robots are at the at moment that that will pretty much stay as is so we've got the two lu45s then we got the three ntx's the lu35 and the mb and the idea is most of those machines will be robot tended in some capacity then the new shop we're gonna i'm probably gonna ditch a couple of machines that are they're really at the end of their life you know they've they've easily paid for themselves it's it's that whole you know when you just don't want to let go of something but you know that you have to because and you know this like with your you know when you got your lt2000 like the difference in a machine that's 20 odd years old to a machine that's today you're talking like a 30 percent decrease in cycle time so oh yeah you know it's a so having that mentality and saying right we've got a, a nice new shop let's lay it out so that it's it it really enables people to flow better and workflow like because the old shop is just historical like everything's laid out not really perfectly so yeah we, we've we sort of designed a layout we'll start shifting machinery in the next two weeks um but i'm sort of putting them into areas you know you know a short bar feed uh, gantry load some manual stuff with uh automation and we'll just carry on like that um, and then the old shop as it stands will become more for uh offline processing uh packing stock um and uh, a, a more centralized dedicated tool store for distribution of tooling and everything else because at the moment it's still a little bit sort of free for all and i want to i want to lock that in because i just there are times when i just feel like you know when it's a shop that big even though i think i'm pretty regimented with uh controlling the tooling and stuff it can still be it can still feel like it's out of control you know what i mean like you know when you suddenly go why have we got I don't know, X amount of broken boring bars, for example, which sounds terrible when you say it like that, but when you've got 40-odd machines and people running 24-7, anything happens and not the the way in which something happens doesn't always come out. So I want to try and screw that down a wee bit, just so I, not, not to sort of finger point too much, but just really to understand, well, why are things going wrong? How are we going to make it better? How can I improve on what we're currently doing? So I really hope that we're able to do that. You know, I'd be I'd be pretty pissed off if, you know, we talk about this in a year's time and we haven't made some significant improvements like for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other than you have a new shiny floor. Yeah. Nice new shiny floor. <laughs> that place looks beautiful, by the way. So you're not, you know, no plans to revamp the old building. It's just to utilize it for what it is right now. Oh, uh, yeah, no, we will. I'll do... Uh, some dedicated walkways and the idea is um i'm going to keep all forklifts out of the shop completely mm. and only have them in the store area so i'll do like a material delivery drop-off zone and then we've got these really cool uh electric uh like pallet trucks that have got like a yeah. high lift range and um and they can pick up fucking heaps of weight man like that's they're actually really good nice and quiet and you don't need to have heaps of skilled people to try and maneuver stuff around because it's just a pallet truck, right? Yeah. 
So I don't know if one of them, one of the guys might flush it down the toilet. I mean, who knows? But we'll hopefully we'll get around that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, like I say, there's a lot of work to do. I've got to move the entire inspection area as well. So that's got to, I've got to demolish that big building that is currently housing all the uh, CMMs and then rebuild that down in the shop. So wait, isn't, isn't that is that fairly new? The building that you put up the CMMs? I thought so. Yeah, I saw that like on your feed like about a year or two ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no Damn. shit. Uh I mean, you could. It is just three walls. It's not yeah. like it's. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I do. I do. So and and all the stuff is just it's 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 the planning portion of it. You know, keeping like the CMM in calibration. So you know, you get to that point where you go, geez, uh, if I calibrate, if I if I follow this the full uh, manufacturer's calibration great however i'm trying to delay it a wee bit because i know that i'm going to have to move all those cmms and then do it again so i've been trying to hold off and i'm, I'm probably a little bit on the late side now but so i might have to bite the bullet and and uh it is what it is but it's just it's just well, an extra cost that seems unnecessary yeah kind of like backing into your own garage <laughs> but hey we pulled that off on a weekend right we sure did man it was awesome <laughs> It was way awesome. Hey, Shanus, what what's what what have you been doing? What's the what's going on in the the world of um, fluid transfer systems for rockets? Uh, just plugging along, man. Um, we're looking at getting a another Citizen M five thirty two, and I think we're gonna have to upgrade it to thirty eight millimeter. So. Th- that's in the pipeline and uh just been trying to hustle on the integrexes we lost a couple people to another shop and then they left there and they went to other shops and then they tried one of them tried to come back and it was kind of like a weird situation so just trying can to, i ask you did they leave because of pay or did they leave because of environment uh i think it was a combination i think part of it was pay and i think it was also they could go make you know much less stressful stuff oh for basically the same money and and it was more of a i don't know it's not for everybody you know making you know two three five parts and you know how it is you get you know one extra piece of material or something and i mean when you came i i showed you around you saw a lot of our prints and the tolerances and what material we're working with and so yeah. it's just real stressful and like i said if if guys can make the same money making stuff that's you know plus or minus 15 on everything then <laughs> they're probably gonna go do that yeah so. you're right so the new citizen that you got coming is that I don't I'm not familiar with what the the model is. Is that one one with the turret like the last one yeah. I saw? Yeah, nice. it's one with a turret. So we have we have two L20s, a Type 12 and a Type 10. So one has the programmable B axis, the other doesn't. And then um, we have the the M32, and it has the turret in it and everything. And mm. we're looking at getting another one to run similar parts as the other machine but just uh like one line size bigger 
I see. Yeah. How are you guys doing on trying to get your stock for the screw machines? Has it been easy or has it been hard to come across? Uh, the stuff for the M32, uh, it runs one inch condition A, 316L. And that we haven't really had a problem with. The 2L20s are running condition B, 316L. And that's been a, a real pain in the ass to try to get. And we even talked to a couple different mills and said, look, we'll buy the whole, the whole run. Yeah. We want to do a whole run of condition B 316L and, you know, have it straightened and ground and everything. And they just said, no. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they dick so, sometimes? I just like, you, well, can, you ask and you're like, you know, we'll place a blanket order. Uh, no, I don't understand it. It's weird. I don't know. I don't know what it is about trying to find this condition B stuff, but we even, I even posted about it on LinkedIn and I had, you know, six supply ch material supply chain professionals hit me up <laughs> on there and asked, you know, what exactly is it you need and the quantity. And I, I told them and just didn't hear back from any of them. <laughs> What's so? What's Imagine so? When, uh, I I gotta ask because I obviously don't buy any material anywhere. Um, yeah, you so, make your own. Yeah. So condition <laughs> condition B, like what 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 does that mean? I think it's just a different heat treat or a different temper or something on it. I I honestly don't. I couldn't tell you. I know it's got a, a, a higher yield strength than condition A. Right, and we we used to make these parts out of condition A, and then when the customer would torque them into wherever they go, it was it was shearing off at the thread relief, and so then all we did was switch to condition B, and then that that problem went away, and just trying to get it in straightened and ground. <clears throat> It's just been a pain in the ass and, and they're running seven eights, which is kind of, you know, an oddball size. And so we even tried to get one inch and we couldn't mm. source it anywhere. I so, think what I you're mean, saying, Tony, is that you... Tony heard our bar feeders. <laughs> yeah. I almost had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, we, 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 on our brand new L 20, it was like two or three weeks. We basically destroyed a channel set. Oh my and, God. Yeah it's it's been real rough and they'll the bars will like vibrate out of the pusher call it yeah mm. and then you start getting parts that are short yeah so, you don't want you that know, no it's it's been it's been rough rough going just trying to get you know some decent material and it's like i even i even carry i mean well you've been to our shop we have that tenant still in the middle and mm -hmm. I carried like two bars all the way to the other side to the owner's office and was showing. Oh, you rolled that one on the floor, huh? Yeah, I rolled it across the floor, <laughs> and you know the thing's just lobing across the floor. One wouldn't even, unless you really Roll. kicked it, in full rotation, like, and the, and this is the crap we're trying to run, you know. Well, you've so. seen some of the deliveries I've got in the fucking truck with the fucking L hook on the end of it because yeah. they've got these kids that are strapping this shit to the <laughs> side of the wall and the trailer going, we can make more room. I'm like, whoever you guys are that are drinking freaking Modelo's at night and strapping this shit to the walls of the trucks, when the guys have to drive them, bring it to me, and they roll up the door, they got, 
you're not going to like this. I go, well, I'm not feeling great about that conversation. What do you got? And <laughs> they show me. I'm like, oh, my God. But uh, to go back a little bit further about the different condition A's and B's and stuff, um, I think it's just a small tweak to the recipe because, I mean, we've all ran 316. We've all ran 316L. And when I run the parts for Parker, the ultra pure semiconductor material, it's a 316L but it's their own blend called Vericlean where they add more nickel content to it. And it's like, there's no pockets, pores, or anything. I mean, it's super expensive yeah. and it's, it's, it's all recipes, basically all it is. I think right. that, that, I think that stuff you run too, cause I was talking to our other owner slash head engineer about it, you know, how it's a special blend. And he said they, he's heard of stuff that they use for semiconductor where they they're like the furnace that they melted in is like in mm -hmm. a vacuum. Mm -hmm. he, he called it arc vac remelt mm -hmm. or something. And they, they yeah. just take three sixteen L and then remelt it in a, in a vacuum or something. Yeah. Wow. Right. Stuff, man. It's funny. Cause the, cause just, I guess it's just the, uh, the way it sounds when you go oh, condition B, it, I, I'm automatically thought, oh, it's it's not as good as condition A, you know. Just <laughs> I, know that's, I know that's retarded, but you know what I mean. It's you know, just it's, it's not. I mean, it's kind of like how you'd wake up in the morning after eight beers versus twelve. What condition is Jody in? A or B? <laughs> Generally C, but that's fine. <laughs> well, it's 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 gotten to the point that now we've asked the customer to use their influence to try to try to get us some because i mean they draw a hell of a lot more water than we do you know some mm. little shop in in lincoln california so we'll see what happens with that but and i think we even we took a couple bars and sent them to some place for straightening and they said they were able to get it down to like i think it was like three thou per foot or something because the what's the the standard what's the manufacturer's, or sorry, the bar feeder manufacturer's specs is no more than half a millimeter per meter, right? If you go above that, then you, you're basically wasting your time. Oh, I, I have no clue what their, their spec is. Like I said, it's louder than hell, though. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it don't sound right. It sounds like somebody left and Hank is in charge. Hey, like. Tony, yeah. I saw, uh, was it today or yesterday, you, you had a post and it looked like you were... You were engraving some stuff on the mill. You were yeah, I was yeah. doing a heat heat lot and our vendor number on that. Are you um? I remember, fuck, whatever it was that we all got together and talked. Um, you were talking about going. Okay, you need to get into some CAD CAM baby stuff, and you were maybe thinking about doing a bit of learning. Like, did you progress any more from that, or did you think about it more, or? Uh, yeah, I've kind of reached out and talked to a few people, a couple of projects that were coming on. Um, oh, my God, was I surprised how much it was. I mean, back in 2006, I bought a basic lathe package, mill package, so I could, you know, post and do CAD CAM. It was, it was 6500 bucks. Uh, last year, at the end of the year, I got two new machines here now, so I wanted to get uh, a CAD CAM system for the new LT2002 TMYX and then the Nomura 
and I got a quote back for 27 grand. And I'm like, holy fuck, Knuckles. And so I reached out to some of the people, and they're like, yeah, that sounds about right. And I'm like, that sounds about right? Jesus Christ. Days, man. That, I didn't know that, Shane. I was like, yeah. holy fuck. So, yes, I've yet to do that. Um, I do as much as I can by hand. Um, there's a few people left that we share favors, but it's going to boil down to it where I'm going to need to. And, uh, yeah, it's expensive as fuck. You know, if you're doing the same parts, we could probably write you a sweet macro to change the heat lot number. And then all you got to do is just change it, you know, in one spot in the code and then it just goes. We'll see. That's why I was over there marking them on the Haas. Because the Haas does that by itself. You just put in parentheses yeah. what it is, and it fucking spits it out in a heartbeat, which is, that's cool. I don't do, I don't, I do heat lots on all my rest of my bodies, which it's a stamp machine, air activated, but this one's delicate on the edge, and it's supposed to be kicked down to the lower section so they could put their part number above my heat lot number. So that's kind of why I set up the stop and, and did it like I did, but. Yeah, it's, I was really surprised with what CAD CAM costs these days, but it seemed like nobody else would even battle an eye, and I was just like, it just kind of proves how out of the loop I am and how old I am when I bought in 2006 versus 2022 or 23. Do you think, though, that's also what highlights the popularity of, like, Fusion 360, where you've got, you know, there's a, you know, at the beginning, there's this free software. There are add-ons or whatever and you know the you know people that have got one or two machines are don't really want to go and spend thirty thousand dollars on a on a cam software when maybe there's one that will do the majority but there's still tweaking uh, i mean there, there, there has to be something in there because the, you're right that the industry itself everybody just goes like for example we have a spree for running the ntx's one because as soon as you do it it just works. You know what I mean? And when you've got a machine that's so expensive, it just seems like, well, you don't want to take any risks whatsoever. And and that really come from a recommendation from Shane, just saying, hey, look, we have a spree for the Integrex. I, we we basically uh, create the part and then it's 99.9% pretty much ready to go. But yeah. the privilege of doing that is, you know, $31,000 US for the software then five thousand US for a post, then five thousand dollars every year for your maintenance fee. You know, so it's not like you just go, oh, do it once, that's it. It's it's like an ongoing fucking cost. Well, yeah. no, you're right, and I've seen I've been over to Shane's shop, and I've seen well, he showed me what this free does, and that's one of the places that I looked at was this free, and that's one of the quotes I got back, and I heard good things about it. But am I ready to throw that much money down yet? Not really, but. I guess, I mean, I'm still from the old school method of like, hey, I know, hey, Jody, your shop's got a spree and you can fucking dick around on Saturdays anytime you want. I need this one tool path. What can we work out? And and there's a lot of that still around. Matter of fact, you know, these exhaust tips that I made over and over and over that uh, profile, whatever the fucking thing is on the lip there with a 3 8 end mill. That was some crazy shit that I wasn't going to figure out. But you know what? I got that done and sent to me for a fucking good bottle of whiskey. So. Yeah. I yeah. I, 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 I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying. It's just it's hard, isn't it? Because it, 
you could say, well, you know, where is the cost for it? Uh, but when when something does just work and then you're up and running, that's then when you start weighing it up, right? You know, because we, we first got those NTXs, we got them in, and, you know, the guys, we, we had Inventor at the time and we were dicking around, you know, and I was going, and look, and it's not me programming this. This is the, the guys I've got here. And I'm going, like, what are we doing here? And I start sitting down, talking to them, and going, no, we can get it, we can get it. But, yeah, yeah, you keep saying that, and a week goes past, and another week goes past, and they go, dude, this is this is bullshit. We should just spend the money, and if we do want to investigate whether something else will be better for us later on, so be it. But it's a I big, agree, it's a big cost, man. Where I'm at, I might have used my 2006 Gibbs cam maybe like 15 times. Mm. So am I going to spend $27,000, $30,000 on fucking this free to figure out one tool path and maybe not use it again for the next three or four years? I mean, I'm not always constantly sitting down getting, you know, new stuff to look at. I mean, people, people still laugh at me when they go, hey, can you do this for me? I go, I don't know. Let me take a look. Go, Here's a model. I go, well, fuck you. I can't look at a model. How about a PDF? <laughs> can I see a print, please? <laughs> and then I see it and I go, oh, yeah, I could do that. Or no, you're in the wrong shop. But it's like I've learned now that that's what it's all about. It's all about fucking models. It's all about importing it. It's all about tweaking it around, turning it around, and looking at it 50 million different views, and then spitting something out. And I'm like, yeah, that's not me. I, the worst thing about looking at models is there unless you like drag it into something or and and put some dimensions on it you're like what you know how big is this thing what mm -hmm. what's it look like like it's that's we we have a 3d printer in engineering and that's one of like my favorite things about it is just like because i mean some of our prints are 12 15 pages long mm, and God. i like having them like print it out and then you can hold it and look at it and you get kind of a a better idea sometimes that, with models you just get kind of lost in like the scale of things and yeah that's actually really cool because we, we were looking at a 3d printer because I, I was like this will this will help even just getting jaws ready you know like you can start you know manufacturing your jaws ready to hold on an op 50 or op 2 piece so you know if you've got a if you've got an actual physical thing to hold I mean, that makes a hell of a difference, right? Yeah, I, I use it a lot um, for uh, printing out fixtures for robots and, and uh, any little, uh, I use a lot of like little uh, helper helper projects, like um, one part I, I buff on the polisher. So I made this guard that basically protects the parts I don't want on the on the polisher and then i'll be able to i can turn the part with the uh inside of the 3d print and it'll keep the the edges crisp that i don't want uh polished but do a good job for the for the polishing do you do you um do you print like your uh, uh, gripper jaws for your robot yes i have done that it's it, that's still at least for the parts my size it's still a little bit crude but Larger, larger robots would probably work pretty good for that. Oh, I guess it's all dependent on yeah, like you say, what you what you're picking up. Tony, we we're just saying um, the, the having a three D printer to actually print off a model. So then you've got a part. How cool that is to then be able to use that to you know get 
jaws pre-made before you've even you know sort of like utilizing that technology to to sort of get ahead of the game you know when you're doing yeah. setups and stuff uh, and and, yeah, and, and those things are not really that expensive now right like you can get pretty good printers for less than a like less than two thousand dollars maybe so i don't know the price but i've seen a lot of amazing stuff done by them and with them you know that's one of the things that i also learned with this new akuma that i have is like it would be times where somebody would send me a print and or actually gave me a pdf and then asked me to quote it and so i could actually program it and run it in my old akumas and the cycle time was accurate i mean it would actually run face turn drill blah blah and it would give you an accurate cycle time but on this new one you plug it in and it's like it's not going to waste any time showing you exactly how long it takes to get from point A to point B. It just fucking blows by everything. And you're like done in 30 seconds. I'm like, and I asked the guy, I go, this is not right. And he's like, no, it's just proving the program. You're not here to watch it actually run. And I, when I told him that I used to actually pull cycle times off of that from my other machines and he looked at me, like I was kind of weird, but. No, I, I yeah. think that's, I think that's wrong. I'm pretty sure. Um, on the P300 controllers, just like the older controllers, you, there's a setting, and you can say whether you want it to be like advanced time lapse or I believe it, or correct, or, or at least to within sort of ten percent. I, 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 yeah, I, I believe you on that because I mean, it's like you know how when you have a, a section of things that you've changed and you put them in parentheses so that it'll skip by it. On my older Akumas, if I'm single blocking through. It'll even read those. I mean, yeah. it won't do anything, but it'll read it. But on this new one, it sees like if I have ten lines, it just jumps by all fucking ten lines and goes to something that's real. I'm like, well, who the fuck told you that was okay? It's just, it's like wasting no time. It just goes to the next active line. Hmm. And maybe it is a setting. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure, man, because you know. <laughs> To have well, the, when when you I'm when you dry that, when you dry run when you dry run it through, you know, because you'd see the little timer at the bottom going, blah, 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 you know, and it would yeah. say, oh, yeah, it's now four minutes thirty two or whatever, and your actual cycle time might be five minutes, just for argument's sake, you know what I mean? So there's there's a, there's always a room, there's a bit of error, right? But yeah, I'm pretty sure that must be a setting because when you do that on your dry run, and then the cycle time, like you said, says. 23 seconds or or whatever it might be you know that's complete bullshit yeah i just i will i will actually write the program and then run it in machine lock mm. and and it's like boom it's done in like you know maybe three minutes and then when i actually run the real part it's like six and a half minutes so it's like yeah it's not it's not one to one ratio is not there on this machine but you could very well be right this could be just a setting but i mean I guess in reality, who the fuck really wants to watch it run in real time when you're not doing anything, I guess. Oh, no, but I mean, you should be able to run it. So, you know, machine lock and uh, and then just run it so it runs through the whole thing and the cycle time should still be around about what, you know, not, yeah. not, not run it in animation in real time. I mean, that it should run through and still give you the correct or as near as correct cycle time. Yeah, not the case on this one. Fuck, I'm going to... Oh, I need to test that out. All right. Okay. <laughs> hey, so Dan, yeah. are you are you using any software at all? Like... Yeah, so I have I do a Fusion 360. So, yeah, I'll do that for my mills. And then uh, that kind of gets me by, like Tony was saying, for opening models and, and looking at stuff. And then if it's... Uh, 
if it's simple like 2d lathe stuff I'll, I'll just program it by hand and then if there's any complicated milling i can kind of get it out of fusion with like a general fanic post and then i'll kind of massage it so it runs on the citizens and then uh so i was, I was just going to say to tony maybe that's something you should look into where it's like get something that does it like 90 percent, and then you just kind of drop it into your code that is the stuff you can do and then uh do your little engraving or whatever and just drop that part into this thing that already works. Because I think by all accounts, the you, the Fusion 360 will um, will do just that, right? You could, you know, it can create a good enough, as near as good, and then you just have to tweak it, you know, and put your Tonyism on it or your Danism yeah. on it or your Jodyism on it so that it's exactly sort of how you want it. <laughs> Don't mean jizzing, that's, that's a lot of ism. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, I'm glad you said ism and not jism, but yeah. I know, I know. Well, it's just like, you know, that new machine that I'm running right now, there's no reason why that fucking part even needed to go over to the Haas and get part barked. Mm. It should have been done straight on the Akuma. It could have been done on the Akuma, but I don't have the, you know, the CAD CAM zism to pull that off. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just not there. So I take it over to the Haas and basically I just write in parentheses what I want the Haas to write and it fucking writes it. That's, that's a sh that, that's a shame, eh? Because you, I reckon because you, you're right, and it might be, man. If you if you, I mean, I don't know what it would take to to sort of get you up to speed with uh, like a a fusion software to be able to do that on the Akuma, but that then opens up so many more opportunities for you, doesn't it? If you oh, can, yeah. if, you know, if you're doing it all through the machine, I mean, holy shit, and not having well, to handle I mean, it again. It, even if it was a serial number, it could fucking change the number as it fucking progressed through the parts. I mean, they're very powerful, but hey, I'm one man in the shop all alone, doing the best that I can. True. Yeah, so I really don't have time. Got to take care of Hank, and the CAD cam is just. I don't know. The potential to be fucking much more powerful and greater is there with CAD CAM, especially with a machine that has unlimited capabilities. I mean, fuck, that thing could do anything. But are there are, are there any new machines on the horizon, Tony? Nah, no, there's not right now. I'm very happy with the two new ones that I have, and holy fuck, knuckles, maintenance on the old ones are just ridiculous. We had a we had a flange go out on one of the upper turrets on one of the older Akumas. You know, normally I run a lot of brass on one of those. And after I run so many brass parts that goes to turret, goes to index, and the piston seal gets embedded with all kinds of brass and it slows down and we have to yank it and pull it. And so they'll come pull a turret off, put a new piston seal on, blah, blah, blah. Well, last time they came to pull that off, part of the flange down below broke off. That was a part that wasn't even in stock anymore. So oh, they had no. to actually make it in Japan. Which I thought, right. oh shit, this is going to be years and years. They made it in 14 days and got it shipped over to me. And it, it so to, I was able to have the guys. I said, look, this machine is running a super high volume part right now. I cannot have this thing down for 15 to a month. What do you think about putting it back together? It functions. Yes, something can get in there as far as oil and chips, but I mean, it's on the bottom side. I'm willing to take the risk to run this fucker and make parts. Will you guys do that for me? And so they put it back together and they said, I think you're going to be okay. And we ran it. 
And so then when the part came, we pulled it all back off. There was actually nothing up inside. And uh, yeah, it cost me, by the time they were done with it, almost nine grand. And Ooh. this is a 2000, 2004 machine. Jeepers. So, yeah. And I've already put 30 grand in one of the other spindles on that same machine. And yeah, the maintenance and yeah, that's what, like what you were saying, Jody, when you buy something new, and it, it runs so much faster and so much more accurate. And then, okay, you put a high pressure pump in place of that now. Parts that I was running before, where we'd have to actually stop after each cycle and open the door and see if there was chips hanging on an ID groover or something on a finished volume mill. When you got high pressure, you know, at 2000 PSI blowing all that shit up, you, we don't stop anymore. We just leave it cycling and we set the counter and we're pulling the parts out as fast as we can. And it's just like, it is way way an eye-opener and way different i mean it was one of the best things that we ever did if i could afford two more i'd buy them but i'm just i'm kind of actually happy to have four lts in my tiny little shop along with three more screen machines and some other support equipment and it's it's a lot of shit going on right now it's like i said man give me material and we'll be happy yeah. It's the only scary thing I'm thinking about right now is the material shortage. Uh, just um, a <clears throat> slight, slight change of tact here. Uh, just just before we started, uh, I was telling you that, you know, uh, we as a family recently lost our dog. Right. You know? So, you know, that was, that was a sad time for a family. And, and I know there's a lot of listeners out there that have shot dogs that come in. And Tony, you're the same, you know. I remember when, when you guys lost T-Bone and... You know, that yeah. was that was it's a big deal right you you sort of you don't realize it until it sort of hits you and you go shit that old dude well, was a cool dude man you know it's well the thing is jody and i've heard this from many many dog owners it's like when they lose that dog i've heard this more than i could say 10 to 15 times you know i was more sad when that dog died than my mother-in-law or my <laughs> brother-in-law <laughs> i mean because we become so attached to them and yeah. they look at you with their eyes and it's nothing but respect back and just loyalty and yeah it fucking hurts really yeah is. well i'm sorry to hear about that man oh look he was you know it, like it's one of those things where once when they're on their way out they're on their way out right they they start mm -hmm. like they stop eating and and everything else and anyway so uh i said to the girls hey where do we want to bury the dog they said, oh, I would like to bury the dog like where Selma and I made this this like wooden seat um, when we had lockdown. I think you might have seen a photo of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we made this cool seat and, I, you know, Selma wanted to make a bench and we did the bench. So she said, oh, I'd quite like to bury the dog near there or cruise. And, uh, and I said, OK, well, I can make a wee thing for it. So. So I start digging the hole. Mm. And it's on a hill, so it's not like <laughs> before you fucking say it. This is not like goulash. <laughs> well, what? Guess guess what I found in like so I start digging this hole. Guess what I find in the hole? Another dead dog. Yes. <laughs> yes. No way. Yes. Jesus. Yes. Oh, I mean, you sure it wasn't goulash? <laughs> 
So, so we start digging out, guys. really been the perfect spot. Oh, well, so, so, and how? So we start, so like the ground is super hard. And then I went, oh, this is a bit of a soft spot. I went, that's fucking strange. So we come down, I went, no way. There's a fucking, there's already a dog in the hole that I'm digging for the dog. So, so I just moved to one side and I figure at least Cruz has now got a companion up on the hill to look out, you know, so they can have some sort of weird ghost dog sex or whatever they're going to do, you know, but of all the spots you think, you know, that's like literally finding a needle in a haystack apart from it was a dog on a hill. (laughs) Just, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the, the perfect spot, but yeah, I thought I'd share that with you because I, I thought that was, it was sad but funny at the same time, you know? I've, I've got a story that's off-tangent too since we're going off-tangent because I never do that, but now no. that I will. Mm. <laughs> you So, you guys been keeping an eye on Secret Machine Shop? Oh, yeah. So, he's, he's been doing a little bit of expanding and, and you know, development and stuff like that. And, and so, then I was thinking about him and how he takes naps during the day and you know focuses and reflects and, and a little bit of meditation this that and the other and so some of the mornings when i wake up super early whether it be a cat needing to go outside and pee or a dog needs to go outside and pee or it's, it's way fucking early especially during the christmas time when we got all kinds of lights going on in the house so it's probably about oh maybe about a month ago or three weeks ago I woke up like a four in the morning and I decided to go out and sit on the couch and I turned the Christmas tree on. It was just all, you know, low white lights and I'm sitting there in my chair and I'm leaning back and just, you know, listening to the clock tick and breathing and I'm, I fall asleep and I'm the wood stoves over to the left of me and uh, we don't use it. We haven't used it in a couple of years. we got candles in there to make it look like there's a stove going on. So I had those lit and I'm dreaming. I fall asleep and I'm dreaming and all of a sudden this freaking black demon object comes out of the wood stove. It's not funny. Comes out of the wood stove, looks at me and stomps his feet across the carpet and then jumps out of my fucking front room window. And so I'm one of these guys when I fall asleep, I try to scream so loud to scare it off, but I don't scream loud. I fucking make this noise like a fucking retard. Go, oh, I'm trying so hard. I tried so hard that Katie and the dogs were in the bedroom that Dexter came running out of the bedroom, jumped on my lap, took his two fucking paws, beat me on the chest and licked my face till I fucking woke up. And when I woke up and he was licking my face, I was super happy, but he was hitting me so hard that I felt my back crack also. It was like, he was trying to wake me the fuck up. And once he did, super happy. But I mean, I wasn't really scared after that because it's like the demon came out of the wood stove, looked at me, realized he couldn't enter my soul. He was pissed. He stomped his feet and he jumped out the window. So I don't know what that means, but I think Dexter fucking saved me, man. I think that means you got sleep paralysis. What do I need for that, Shane? I don't know. (laughs) Is in ism. Didn't you, hey Tony? Didn't you like? Didn't you tell us a story as well? Like, was it like a couple of years back where there was like a ghost come through the window or something and floated above you and Katie and then ran out the door? No, that was real. That wasn't a dream. Me and Katie were in bed and it was the window and it said "Mom." Oh, that's it. 
It breathed, mom. And we only had one girl left in the house, and I fucking ran full blast into our room and woke her up and scared her. And yeah, we moved our bed and shut that window. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> but man, I, I'll tell you what, if you've got demons coming out of the fire, I think, I, I don't know, maybe you should change the fire or. Or no, it was I, an old wood stove that's not even being used, but I mean, it's like, I think it's, it's, it's all me. I mean, it's obviously not the house. I don't, I don't feel threatened by any means. I just feel that, um, I'm, you know, coming to terms with what I need to deal with or what might be challenging me or, you know, just where I am. Cause I really don't know where I am in life at this point. It's like, yeah, I wake up and do the same thing every fucking day. I come home and, you know, and, and do my routine here. But other than that, there's not much change. And so it was like, it was strange. I mean, like I said, I had the glow of the Christmas tree and everything was good. And this thing came out and it wanted to get me, but realized I can't have you. And it was angry and I left. So I feel good about that. I'll tell you what you need to do. You, you need to, you need to book a holiday to New Zealand and you and Katie yeah. need to get on a plane Come over here for three weeks, travel around, go and see some sites, hang out with us, go and travel again, come back, hang out with us again, and then go back and feel rejuvenated. I believe it. We've been talking about that. I mean, it, it, you gotta, you got to enjoy life sooner or later. I can't just fucking work all the time. Yeah. At the yeah. very least, you need to ride your motorcycle into the woods with a couple bags of mushrooms, Ooh. stay out there a couple days. Mm. you know do some weird shit i I might not come back discover yourself (laughs) yeah yeah totally so do you do you feel like you're just just going through the motions at the moment and you're just just contemplating what's next is that because that this is a legitimate like you know for somebody at your age now and i don't mean that in any disrespect no but i think we all get to a certain point right and you know when you you know, you've 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 made some good grounds on the business, and you've got some good successes. There's a point of reflection where you go, but what is it all for? Like, if if it's, all you're yeah. ever gonna do is the same shit every fucking day, you you gotta. I don't. Sorry, again, I'm not trying to say this in any disrespect. No. Just you know, you just gotta. Uh, you can you can understand why there are people at some point just go. You know what? I'm gonna sell everything up, and we're just gonna fucking buy a bus. We're going to just go and travel. We're going to enjoy the life while it's here, you know, because I think the I think the saddest thing would be is that, you know, if you got to, I don't know, 65 or 70 and then went, oh, man, I, I really I can't do all the cool shit that I really wanted to do because I'm not physically able or, or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? Oh. And man, you're I think I, about that every every day, Jody, you're, you're 100 percent in my mind. And I've been bouncing that off of Katie, too. It's like. Look, we're working hard and we're trying to wrap back money and we're trying to make some name or a business. But it's like, if you do it all for not, or you get to the end and you feel confident, but hey, we did okay. But it's like, now let's get up and go. It's like, you know, what a waste. It's just like, uh, I have an appointment uh, next week to go down to the doctor to have uh, my heel looked at because on October 10th, we went camping with Katie and some friends and, the, and our dogs. And we were out on the beach screwing around and Katie and Poppy took off super fast. And me and Dexter said, fuck that. We're going to beat your ass. And I took off like a rocket and I kind of felt the twinge in the back of my ankle. No big deal. We went home at night. We made dinner. 
I, we actually went to the camper, and then I woke up the next morning, jumped out of bed, put weight on my foot. I fucking felt like there was a 16-penny nail going through my heel all the way up into my ankle. I go, well, that's kind of smart. It was October 10th. So I keep going through the motions, go, it eventually wear itself out, really eventually go away. It never did. So I went to the fucking doctor in December, and he goes, well, let's take an x-ray. He took an x-ray. I looked at the x-ray. I go, what the fuck is that? There's this big old freaking fish hook coming out of the back of my ankle. There's a fucking bone spur. And my Achilles is rubbing up and down it every time I make a move. And so he had me take that shoe off when he did the x-ray. But the other shoe was on. And I was still standing on the same panel. And he saw, yeah, that's kind of bad. But it looks like from your other foot, you've had it in that one too. And we looked at it. I go, yeah, I do. He said, but that one's not bothering you. So what he prescribed me was some rehab where these people are going to fucking take like metal bar ends or plastic bar ends and rub them up and down my ankle and try to break up, break up the scar tissue and fucking cause, keep me from causing pain. He goes, it's going to be gruesome. It's going to hurt, but eventually it might feel better. I'm like, holy fuck. I said, he goes, or you go get surgery. He goes, I could take you in, knock you out, remove your Achilles, Take off that fucking spur, scrape your ankle, reattach your Achilles, put you back up, and you're going to be down for a long-ass time. We are talking about the only guy that fucking programs and set up all yeah. fucking 10 of these machines. Why am I going to be rolling around on a fucking <clears throat> cart trying to do that? So, you yeah. You have one of those knee scooters. Yeah. So what you're saying, Jody, is <laughs> I've already been thinking, and it's like, I, I want to be able to fucking take the travel trailer and go see, you know, Mount Rushmore or some shit like that, or go camp out with Danny and have fucking s'mores or do something. Yeah. I, I just don't want to stay in fucking Ukiah, but every fucking year, I'm like, like I said, I posted today, I've had that new Akuma for a year already today. Yeah. My God, where does time go? It would you, would you, so if, if somebody, if somebody, um, offered to buy the business off you like the whole the whole kit caboodle like it, would you have a price in your head that you'd go and you don't tell don't tell us this but you know it, it like if if the offer presented itself do you think you'd have the balls to do it to go you know what well, fuck that's it. just it that's a weird situation to be in because when i went through that shit with my ex-partner neil he for some reason thought our fucking business was worth a million dollars i go well how the fuck can it be worth a million dollars we don't have our own product all we do is make parts for some other big company, and we have a machine that's outdated. I'll have a guy come through and price all the stuff of what he thinks he could auction it off for, but it ain't worth no fucking million dollars. And it's like, when it's all said and done, all you do is have your equipment and your tooling and whatever bar stuck or forklift or whatever you may have, and really ain't going to be worth all that much. In my oh, but yeah, but then the goodwill, I mean, you've, you've, you've created the your business has created a, a reputation for quality and, you know, delivery. You know, that in itself, if you can still retain the customers that you currently have, you know, generally speaking, it's three and a half, four times whatever your turnover is, is going to be what your business is worth plus assets, for example. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that yeah. might be that, that might be one way of thinking about it, that, you know, if you were to sell it and somebody come in, you might have to have like a three-month handover or a six-month handover. But right. you know, I, I I don't know, Tony. I'm just I can sense there's something going on with you, and I just thought, oh, yeah. Sometimes it is change is as good as a as anything, right? You just 
It is. You know, people have told me time and time again was if you're going to be a job shop, that's fine. You you may make a comfortable living, but the only really way to make a, a super good living is develop your own product and and sell it. And well, we just I'm not there. I mean, I, I'm not super you know smarter and you know have ideas popping on my fucking skull about what I can make people need every single day. I mean, I obviously have the equipment that could fucking do it. You know, I have the electricity, I have the floor space, I have all the power stuff that we do, but I just, once you do that, then you need to have, you know, insurance and lawyers involved because what if I make it my product and actually, you know, it's a butt plug and accidentally goes in too far and kills somebody, you know, you have insurance <laughs> for shit like that. And, you know, it's just, it's so, I don't know. I mean, we started this because... I was commuting two hours a day down to Santa Rosa to another shop doing the same thing I was doing here where I could just bail out and go to a kid's play four minutes away and come back and blah, blah, blah. But it's a lot of hard work. And am I any better than I was then? I don't know. I mean, I make a decent wage. I'm paying the mortgage. We have nice cars. And I got our dogs that we come home to and hang out with. And other than that, it's, that's life. Yeah. Shit, that's pretty deep. Dan, what about you? Are you what what's your grand scheme here? Are you are you planning to have the the, the Swiss machine in Empire? Where are you you're like the granddaddy, the godfather of Swiss machining and you have all these minions just making you a billion dollars? No, I kinda feel like <laughs> uh, a younger Tony. I kinda I kinda it's it's kinda funny that you brought that up because uh you know this year we like we had a good year we busted it and uh but i i kind of get that same feeling where it's like what are we doing but you know i'm hoping i'll snap out of that here shortly but um i and i don't mind going to work and unplugging and just kind of mindlessly running machines like i could do that and not it's it's the dealing with some of the customers that are kind of dicks and you're like I don't, I don't really need to put up put up with you if you know if i do something else or whatever but um yeah i don't know i'm kind of in that like everything's at a point where um i don't know you know we've been we've been doing this for like 12 years i think and you get to you finally get to that point where you're like oh i'd like to have a shop with all this equipment and do all this work and then you get there and you mm. you really haven't planned for what next because you were worried about getting there the whole time huh so what are you so but, let's let's yeah. like like in like like realistically if if you could just tomorrow do whatever you whatever you want like you know it doesn't that, that like you don't have to worry about cost or or whatever you just someone says right you can do whatever the fuck you want as of tomorrow you know, what do you, I mean, and, and put it this way, like when you hear people go, oh, I'll just spend the rest of my time like lounging around on a beach and, you know, drinking mimosas or whatever. I mean, that's not really a fucking plan. Like no one wants to do that. I, I like working, but I think there's certain things I go, oh, yeah, I'd like to maybe do a year or two just doing an outdoor job, you know, like something where I'm just, I don't know, fucking mowing lawns or cutting trees down or, or whatever just 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 because it's different and i've just never done it yeah 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 there's this uh this garden it's like a it's an estate of a of dupont i don't know if you're you know like rich uh anyway 
it's this huge estate and it's like it's cool just to think about uh you know that guy made a fortune and like built this expansive garden with fountains and everything and and now people just go there and hang out and uh, you kind of in my head it's like you know either you build something like you 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 got to take it to the next level or you just kind of I mean, you had that goal that you're pushing for and like you do that by showing up to work every day and getting the work done and making a little bit of money, kind of stacking it up and, and pushing for it. And I have, I have things in my mind that I want to do, not necessarily at work. Cause I think we've, I mean, the, the model that we have, we've kind of pushed to where we're at, but I need, you know, like another 10 years would build out some of my projects that I have in my head, but that's more like stuff at home and, and cool stuff to do you know i'd like to go to europe and asia and all that stuff and see stuff take the kids along yeah do trips but at the same time <clears> you know <throat> you got to finance all that stuff so you can't drop down and, and hit the road oh. because and, and even if you did you know when you come back to it half your machines are going to be all messed up because they haven't been running for six months and... <laughs> that's all it takes too you shut them down you wake them up and they're like we don't know where we are anymore what the yeah. fuck all we did was put you to sleep my god yeah. no no i i hear you it's like you know when jody to answer your question the last time i i kind of had an inkling about being excited about something but not really because it was kind of scary i was back and forth when we were trying to decide whether or not we were going to keep the business now spacex the first time and then and then they flew me down the second time to interview with the R&D shop. And I talked to like 15 guys that were my age and older. And it was like all still new equipment. But it was like these guys get what machining's about. They're not fucking arrogant CAD CAM babies. These guys are doing shit the way they should be doing it. However you choose your path to do it, do it. We've got a boss that wants it done. He's not going to be looking over your shoulder. And... I was just like, wow. And then this feels like a fit to me, you know, the camaraderie of the old guys and people helping each other out. And the guy that was supposed to be giving me the, the, the most time with the interview wasn't even actually able to spend that much time with me. But the other four guys that worked for him gave him such positive feedback that when he took me out of the golf cart, he goes, well, I sure hope we see you on Monday. Um, that would have been exciting was it in the cards for me to fucking relocate my whole family and go down to fucking LA for the ways they were offering? No. Should I have rolled the dice and do what I'm doing here? Probably. And that's why I did, but it's, it's lonely. I mean, it's just, I've got zero, zero skilled help. There's nothing I can balance anything off of anybody. I've got some workers that help me do stuff. But other than that, when I run into a problem, is Tony figure it out or not? And that part kind of sucks. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe a male stripper. I feel like you're actually a male stripper. That that would be yeah, the right. next. I think that's that's the next logical step. When you've got a powerful mustache like you have, it, it just it just really brings in this. Oh, my name is El Tono, and I have a big danger. <laughs> hey, Shanus. No, we need to What's have up, fun. We, we guys need to have fun. It's like I would even, I would love to go work with Shane. You know, I would. I would love to be over there involved in that shop. It's a beautiful fucking shop. But, I mean, 
I'm sure Shane has days where he's happy and whether he's just like, fuck this, let me out of here, these fucking little juvenile cunts, I can't even ask a question because they're on break. Yeah, you know what? I feel for Shane all the time. <laughs> I do. Well, I think it's it could I think it, it it really just comes down to like when you get to a certain level and it's probably in in, in any industry, it's like I feel like we all share that we're just problem solvers. We always need a problem to solve. I don't think we would be happy if we didn't have like a problem to solve in front of us. If it was, if it was easy, the same exact thing day in and day out, I don't think any of us would be happy. And back to like Jody saying, you know, laying on the beach and sipping mimosas, like I wouldn't be happy doing that. I'd, always need something to do you know and it's like i remember tony telling me he had a guy that was working for him that i met and he was like yeah that guy every time we bring someone he always asks him what's your dream job and he asked me and i kind of thought about it for a little bit and it was like you know i think i'd like to do like a few years in formula one and i think i've talked about this on here before is it's like I feel like something like that would be so cool because you're working with every, literally every person you're working with is that, I mean, the tippy top pinnacle of what they do and they want to be there and everyone has the same goal is let's get this stuff done. Let's win. And like, that would just, for me, that would just be it. And I, I think the, I mean, listening to Tony and Danny, it's like the kind of the biggest gripe is just, you know, other people, customers, this, that. There's always something that is is in front of you that you, you have to solve. And, and when it's a person that's like getting in your way, that's either incompetent or doesn't care or isn't. I mean, I guess for lack of a better term, isn't on your level, whether that's your level of dedication, your level of understanding, your level of commitment, then it, it really just, it just brings you down. Hmm. That's interesting. Sorry, I was just going to say, it's it's quite interesting because you're, 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 you're sort of saying that you actually want more pressure, more and I know you say you want to be in that industry that's like you say the tippy top as you described it yet you're also describing uh, a a super high pressure situation which you know sometimes when you know you're talking to us like in the group you know and you go oh my god this is going on it feels like what am I doing here and I think shit that's already sounds like it's quite a lot of pressure on you and you would want to add to that I, I find that quite interesting well, with the right people involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. That's it, the key. If, that's if the like key. there's no support system there and you're having, you know, this amount of pressure put on you and no one else is taking it seriously or no one else seems to care or it's just not a priority to them, then that's what what kind of builds frustration, at least for me. But it's, it's like, like when you talked about racing, that's key because racing – is a team sport. You know, even when I go spend time at the drag races with Sackman and Antron Brown and all those guys, 
you know, they all are focused, they're all in sync and you see it. But then when you go out and you get to the semis and you have to get back and tear down and rebuild before that, you got so much time and they're all working together in unison with fucking shit flying everywhere and air guns going off and they're all, I mean, it's like a well-oiled machine and they're all, that's the part that I'm talking about that I miss is guys that get along together and do stuff together. If, if you don't, if you have, if someone has a problem with you, Boomer, and you're like, you know what? We don't have time for this. You fucking piss off. We'll bring somebody else in that flows. And it's like, that's what I'm thriving for, even though as old as I am. I mean, I just really wish we had, you know, three or four guys that would be like, hey, you know, go take a leak, Tony. I got this. We'll fucking take over. And I come back and, and hand it off. But like when you're saying, whether we're running redundant parts over and over, we're doing mass production. People ask me, even out at SpaceX, you don't want to run production. Well, fuck, I have no problem with production. Mm -hmm. One of my goals is to try and, and make it or make it faster or, you know, and, and more accurate. And it's like, in the meantime, well, you've got stuff running and you're doing really well and you've got the best of tools and inserts, you kind of got some free time to fuck off. And it's like, in my own shop, I mean, I've, t I've joked about with you when I went and saw your shop in that big shop next door, you guys are going to do shit. And I thought, man, this would be a hell of a place for a fucking go-kart track. You know, if I own all that and we were running the intergexes and everything fucking full tilt and people are just pulling parts out like a motherfucker, I'd make it so entertaining that people would not want to leave. They would not want to go home. The barbecues would be running. The beers would be flowing after five. The go-karts running through the shop. It'd be people taking care of the fucking machinery. Why not make it fucking cool? I mean, there's got to be some place like that that's just that fucking cool. There's got to be. If not, we need to build it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's build it. Let's build it. Well, build it I and mean, they will come, Jody. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I just feel like trying to find people with, you know, that same attitude is just difficult. Like, we had a, this goes eh, probably five years back now, but we had a guy and uh, I went over and, you know, was in a good mood in the morning and you know, hey, how many parts are we going to get? It was uh, one of like our higher running machines. And I was like, how many parts are we going to get off today? And he's like, oh, I'm going to get 65 because that's what I got yesterday. And I was like, right. let's get 67. And he was like, his face just like totally changed. And then like an hour later, I found him in the break room crying. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm dead serious. And I was like, hey, what's going on? And they called right? me intimidating. <laughs> and he was like, and he was like, nothing's ever good enough. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, like all this shit. God. And I was like, I was like, dude, that's, that's called a goal. Like, hey, you know what, Boomer, if you, you would have said that to me, 67, I would have said, I'm... I would have said, okay, how we do that, Boomer? And you'd be like, well, maybe you would have come back and say, when's your break? You go from break from 10 to 10, 15. I'll come push the button for you two times while you're on fucking break. That's how you get it done. Yeah. Right? Well, it was just like, it was kind of like, like I said, like, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. Just people with no drive. It, that's just what wears on me, man. Me too. Like, I, I even if I, I mean, I, I run, I ran our first L20 for, I think it was almost four months running the same part. And every day, it's like, I'm going to get more than I got yesterday. I'm going to get more than I got yesterday. I'm going to go in there, and I'm going <clears> to <throat> find some time in this. And 
I don't know. Just, I guess, not everybody has that. Yeah, not obviously. Yeah, it's that's frustrating, and it's it's something I think I take for granted because because my dad is is that way of, of you know pushing, and then my wife is more of a steady like you know let's let's take it easy, let's not get crazy. It's like no, let's let's get the stuff done today. Let's get a little more done. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, well, I mean, for I, like I example, how hard I push there. Yeah, for like example, like our on our first L twenty, on the parts that we're running, it we I think we've run six part numbers on there, but one predominantly, and the fur in the first couple months of us having it, I got like the record for like a ten hour shift. And it was just broken like last week. And we've had that machine, I think, three years now. Cool. So someone finally broke that. Yeah, see, some people thrive for that stuff. Some people just don't. I mean, I remember going through Starbucks, the Starbucks that I go to all the time, maybe like five, six years ago. This guy, Rich, he's he's not alive anymore, but he ran a tight fucking crew. And they were hustling and bustling. And I'm like, what's the scoop? Because they took my card and sent me on my way. I was like, well, we're trying to break so many fucking orders within an hour. And we're like two off. And they're just like trying to get you a drink and shove you through with a smile and a happy face. And it's like, well, I, I can, can appreciate that. I mean, this is like yeah. a Starbucks. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. But they're trying to break the record. I mean, you got to do something you to keep it keep it interesting you know what i mean like i totally know what you mean like i said if running the same part number day in and day out i at least for me you gotta put something there you know but you would you'd also you know i think we're all of the same ilk where if you were just running the same part day in day out you'd be looking through that window and you'd be going there there must be must be something i can improve here There, there must be a small gap you know, I can I can close that window just a little bit tighter so I can get, you know, one more part out an hour or whatever it is, you know. And that's the thing that that sort of you get off on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I mean at the at the old shop I worked at, there was we made these um they were like adapters for fuel injectors to adapt a, a bigger fuel injector to a, a, a like a stock fuel rail or something and it was just this kind of just dumb little aluminum part and i remember um i gave the it was one of the first jobs that the owner ever brought out to me and said hey give me some times on this part and i did you know like tony does i programmed it in the control i looked at the simulation okay here's what i i know i can do it in and then you know once they got running it was like okay well now i got to make you know, 10,000 of these things. And within the first week, I think I was down to half of what, you know, we quoted it. And then I was still, like you said, looking in the window, I can tighten up that tool change. I can, I can make it close much. That'll save me, you know, a little bit. And we were just killing it. And that's, you know, that's part of the challenge. And that's what I, I've always enjoyed about this trade is there's always something there's always something out there. And it was like, even on LinkedIn the other day, I saw, I think it's Kia Sarah and Tungaloy or someone, or no, Frasia and, and Kia Sarah. Now they have a uh, 25 degree inserts. Mm, I saw that too. And I, 
I hadn't seen those before. And it's like, man, we do a lot of parts that got a, like a cavity inside with a, with a 60 degree, uh, you know, relief in it or something or undercut or whatever you want to call it. And it's like, you know, we're doing those with like ID groovers and stuff. Mm. And, and I mean, they, it does it fine, but it's like, man, I could, I could rough it out with the ID groover and then come in and take a finish pass with this thing and just, you know, make it that much better, get a, a, a better finish and all this stuff. And I just, not everybody has that, I guess. Hmm. Hey, before, before we finish up, what's, um, do, oh, do, do, you, do you have, do you have any new year's resolutions? Are you, are you guys like that at all? Or do you just go, oh, well, fuck it. It's another year. Who cares? Or have you, have you set yourself, have you got a lot, like a little goal in mind? You know, it could be a personal goal or a business goal. Tony, what have you got? Well, we didn't actually set a New Year's resolution, but we, Katie and I, are working on a list of things to do to check off. And it's it's weird because we were just talking about this today. But I mean, once we, I mean, this is years ago. We've been in this house for twenty some years, and when we first moved into this house. We were just renters, and then the old folks said, "You know what? We want to give you guys a chance to buy this before." you know, we pass away because we're way old. And once we pass away, it's just going to go to the kids as a trust fund. So we found a way to buy it. But when we made a list of things we like to change and the floors and the carpet and the walls, and the porch, and, and we just, it was just all fun to write it down. But as you actually start, you know, a year gone by and you could check things off, we actually got a lot of the shit done. Cool. And so we, we implemented that again this year. We're working on stuff that we want to do. And just actually writing it on paper and then being able to cross it off, it's, it's huge once you cross it off. But I mean, any drastic changes, uh, I think mentally for me, it's focusing on here and now and trying to enjoy every moment and just, you know, not always be staring at the control. And uh, the motorcycles help me a lot, even though I don't get to ride it a whole lot. But I mean, I still ride the shit out of it when I can. It's I, I took it for a spin. I mean, I'll take it to go pay the rent check, which is like about two minutes down the street. But I'll make sure I go all the way down through town, then hop on the freeway and drive it 80 to 90 miles an hour down the other end of town, trying to come back and then parking it in the shop and taking the helmet off, taking the jacket off. And it gets your blood flowing. It really does. Because on a motorcycle, you could die at any fucking given moment. Somebody could cut you off, you could hit a fucking pothole or just. It feels good to uh, get on that thing and fucking ride. And that's, uh, I need more of that shit in my life. And uh, I guess when you just are doing the same thing over and over and over, you don't even realize you're doing it over and over. Hmm. And that, it becomes, it becomes like muscle memory. You know, you wake up, you make coffee. Yeah, fucking watch when how hard it's going to rain, and then you, you you get in your car, you go to work, you warm up the machines, the guys come in, you run parts, you order material, you go home and start all over again. It's got to change shit. You know, it's the end of the month. <laughs> it is. It exactly is. I mean, it's like, so I mean, Jody, I think you have a pretty exciting life over there. I know it's stressful at times, but uh, kudos to you with the new building and the way it's growing and the excitement it must be, even though you're moving some old equipment. I mean, that's always fun and exciting. I mean, it's, it's action. And I look at through some of the videos that I posted today. It was like, 
when the guys came in and took out some of my old equipment and brought in new. That was fucking super exciting. Um, yeah, I just, I want to focus more on quality of life versus good things done. That's important, Tony. Yeah. Very important. Quality of life. And I know that you don't need to improve the right hand part of your garage door because that looks really good. It's going to last a long We've time, rebuilt yeah. that. That's good. <laughs> Shanus, what about you, man? You got a, a you got a personal business sort of, you know, I know you want to be a Formula One driver, but that, that might have to wait. <laughs> I'd come watch him if he was. Oh, I'd be his biggest fan. I wouldn't fit in that car. No. <laughs> no. Um, I think I kind of want to carve a little time out this year for myself. Um, you know, we got a two-year-old, a five-year-old this year. They're going to be six and three. And last year I worked a lot, spent a lot of time there on my days off working. And so, and I didn't really do a whole lot for myself. Like I went to a couple of concerts and stuff, but I want to do a little something for me this year, I think. Cool. I actually, and, I, I had a dream, know, not, about, I had a dream like, about you the other day. Oh yeah. Was he a black demon stomping through your front room? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> That was the weirdest story I've ever heard in a while. But uh, no, hey, the, I only share it with few select people, so you heard it. Very good. Yeah. Um, now I had a dream uh, that I went to the local pub, and there they had a band playing, and you were the front man for the band. Uh, oh, you were you you had got back into a band, and I was like. I feel like this is going to come true. Maybe not at the Little River Pub, but I feel like you're going to join a band again this year and you're going to thrash it out. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. Um, no, playing music's fun. I haven't done it in quite a long time. But I had a... I broke my left when I was like... I think it was 18, 19. And I kind of never really got the dexterity back in it. And it was that kind of just like not it didn't ruin music for me, but it just frustrating where you get to a point where you can't like I wasn't as good. I couldn't play what I could play when I was like 13 years old. Yeah, well, I mean, that's also an age thing, like, surely. Well, no, it, I couldn't get the dexterity back in my hand right. after the injury. And I mean, I started playing when I was about. Oh, uh, I think 10 years old and by 13, like I could play along to like Iron Maiden records and, and Metallica records and play all the solos and everything. And I can't even do that anymore with my hand. So I was just kind of, you know, stuck playing rhythm. And like I said, it just kind of, it's like bittersweet playing. Like mm. I, I still enjoy it, but it's like, I can't progress. I can't really go any further with it. Um, is that is since, that why you retired and started making butt plugs? Yes, I knew that it. That is exactly why. <laughs> so just but, so so you're not going to join a band, but you're going to spend more time for yourself. Ah, uh, just a little bit. Cool. I think that's these are two really good things. What about you, Dan? E. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't didn't really make any resolutions. I don't generally don't do anything like that um but yeah kind of patching patching the holes at work you know uh some facility to do better air conditioning with all those machines running mm. so we're gonna work on that 
all the projects I have started that robot and all that stuff need to get worked on. Um, yeah. And then I, Uh, we went up to Maine this summer, had a great time. So I want to do some more road trips thinking about actually thinking about next year, what we want to do, like cross country kind of thing. Uh, at least is what I'm thinking like two week, you know, go across the U S so thinking about that. Cool. Are you think, are you, what about, uh, is there anything we can help you out with like maybe a GoFundMe or or something with your daughter in her eyes trying to get him straightened out especially <laughs> when she think, eats I don't ice think cream i don't think there's enough gofundme out there to straighten her <laughs> eyes out every time i see her i think that you're putting her up to it because you know i'm watching <laughs> no she just she just does that and i'm like well i gotta take a picture now <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it's it actually awesome, awesome. <laughs> cool righto well, is there any passing thoughts before we leave? Are we, um, oh, actually, just what before, about, actually, just one last you? thing. You didn't say anything about Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, what's uh, your thoughts about yourself? Hmm. Um, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to try and keep it exciting. I, I think the, I think you're right, Tony. The new building has been really cool. And I, when I go to work, I try to, I try to always go to work with a positive attitude. I just want to, I want work to be fun. If it can be, you know, and like you said, I, I try to be, I, you can't ever be like the, you know, if you say to yourself, I want to be the cool boss or whatever, you're never going to be the cool boss, right? You've just got to, right. you just got to go in, be yourself and hope that other people sort of get energized by uh, the way you are. But uh, so for work wise, I've got a lot of cool projects coming through with the robot and stuff. And I think that's going to keep me busy for the rest of the year. And so I'm, I'm actually okay with that, where, where, with where I'm at. Um, and then personally, oh, I think just the same as you guys, just have a little bit of time to your, for yourselves and your family and, you know, make sure that, you know, when you know you need to take a break, you got to take a break. You really do have to take a step back and say, you know what, I, I actually, you know, Let's go to the movies or let's let's just go for dinner somewhere. Or let's just walk with the dogs or, or whatever it might be and making sure that you do live for the moment and, and not not get lost in the, the drudgery that can be the day to day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hell yeah. And and, and and I don't know, and maybe maybe I could become Chuck Norris. I'm not sure. I, I've been trying to do the splits, but hasn't really worked. I'm maybe because the jeans I were wearing are too tight. Well, if you become Chuck Norris, <laughs> you know what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> I'm going to have to get on a plane, fly over there, and John Wick your ass. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, when just... do you guys think we're ever going to see each other again? This year. What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> you are all gonna, you're all gonna buy a ticket and fly to New Zealand and come and hang out in New Zealand. 
Freddy, come in. Or I think he's slowly turning in the Chuck. There he is. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I, I was having some Elon Musk internet issues. So, yeah, Starlink's <laughs> fucking up. Yeah, that's no good. Um, oh, shit on me. So what I was going to say is, yeah, you guys need to get on a plane, come and hang out, and like, there's no IMTS this year. However, I may, I may be going to Emo at the end of the year. Uh, I don't know if everybody fancies a trip to Europe and we all hang out in Europe. I mean, that would be cool. Yeah, sip some cappuccinos, be a fun time. <laughs> Eat some, uh, what are they, stoop waffles? Yeah. Stoop? Yeah, Those little waffles with the caramel in them, those are good. Yeah. I like that. And some German beer. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Now you're talking. Hey, guys. So thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, we have uh, been here to talk and ramble. I'm sure we are going to at least do another podcast within the next six months but ideally it'll be in the next two weeks we'll see how we go if everybody's still on board and we can get the timing right then i think we're good yeah we're gonna to have to do another one because we're gonna to have to stop it oh fuck you're right okay we do have to do that we're not doing that today though <laughs> not today. there's no time today but we we're not doing that today no no this no, was no, no. this was the the the, the well needed you know we, we, yeah. yeah 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 big yeah, backload yeah. Okay, you've been listening to Machinist Therapy Hotline. It's a big thanks from me, and it's a big thanks from Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's getting late here. I'm, I'm zoning. And it's a big thanks from Shane. Thank you all for listening to Machinist Therapy Hotline. And it's a really big thanks from the man who can, <laughs> Tony Klauser. I'm just so fucking excited that we're back on the air, and I missed you guys so much, man. I mean, just you've been sending me messages after messages after messages, and I mean, we're here. It's alive. We're going to do it. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again over and over and over. We're going to make Danny talk so much more. He's going to talk so much. Your fucking ears are going to melt. So just be ready. Be stay tuned. Get ready. It's coming at you. Oh yeah, I'm going to be ismin everywhere. <laughs> With a capital I. Okay. Bye bye.